Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have our next guest, Matt Lawson, who's an online community manager. In this episode, Matt shares his story about how he found the community industry and landed himself his current role. We also talk about skills and experiences to look for when hiring for a community manager and how to make your application stand out when applying for roles. All right. Welcome, Matt, to the Community Corner. Awesome. Beth, thank you so much. Great to be here. Well, let's dive right in. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming an online community manager. Yeah. So for me, I guess it all technically started back when I was in college. I worked for a magazine called The Weekly Hangover. And what I did there was (laughs) I did some editing and assisted with managing some of the writers a little bit from a creative perspective. And that led to me getting a job with an online publication that considered itself or what was a community for young writers. And so that was my first like actual role as an online community manager. That job was, like I said, dedicated to writers who were taking their first steps into publication. So it was set up for like feedback, post your story, your poem or whatever. And, you know, people would gather around you. And I was the moderator there, you know, the lead uh, community manager. After that, I did some soul searching in employment fields, went from being a teacher to a textbook editor to um, then a software sales rep. And while I was in the software <laughs> sales position, a pretty cool opportunity came because I was friends with somebody on uh, the HR team. They mentioned that the uh, software board, the user board, wanted to have some kind of like an online community or forum to interact with. And I was like, cool, I could help you build that. So that's what I did. And that was my first like professional experience building an online community. And that led to me being the board chair for our employee ownership program, which was awesome. But those were my first two roles, kind of managing online forums and stuff like that. After that, I went to another software company that sold community software. So in that role, I became a, you know, an unofficial community consultant where I got to work with, I had like 60 communities assigned to me. Some were just launching. Some had been around for years. Some had 10 members, some had 10,000 members, right? And that was invaluable experience as a community manager because I got to see everything literally, you know, like, like I said, from launch to, you know, shut down from 10 members to 10,000. And then after I got that experience, I kind of decided it'd be nice to really focus on one community. And, and that led me to my current job where I'm a, a full-time community manager and uh, life's good. And, you know, we can end the podcast there, I think. That sounds great. <laughs> well, I mean, it really does sound like you had so many different experiences that brought you to this point. I love that you had the opportunity to see so many different kinds of communities and you got to look from an outside perspective that's somewhat unbiased. I mean, obviously you wanted them to succeed, but you got to be a little bit unbiased when you saw what they were doing maybe wrong, what they could be doing better. So that's definitely huge experience for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was in that role, I I was given the best piece of advice that I ever had, which is if you're going to be an online community manager, it's a political game, right? Because you are out there fighting for resources every single day. You are fighting for traffic to your site. You are fighting for your link to be two positions higher on a web page because that may mean more people see it. You know, and that really served me when I was uh, the community advisor because, you know, the biggest struggle I think that all community managers have is really finding that internal support. 
So, you know, on top of advising people on, you know, strategy for their side, it's also, you know, recruitment strategy. It's, it's everything. So you have to, you have to really spread your arms and take it all. Well, and that's a great segue, Matt, because I would love to talk to you about recruitment strategies. So when you put on your recruiter hat, (laughs) what competencies are you looking at or would you recommend for recruiters to assess in 2021 and beyond? And you're talking specifically about like if you were hiring for an online community position? Exactly. Cool. You know, I think it's really um, an interesting time for the field right now. And, uh, you know, as somebody who just went through the process of like interviewing for a member that'll be joining my team and stuff, it was really fun for me to kind of sit back and think, well, what do I want? The last person that I hired, it was really an amazing experience. I hired a young guy fresh out of college who, you know, I really thought he'd had some uh, award-winning documentaries under his belt. I think he was, you know, nominated for an Emmy, like a local Emmy. I really thought, you know, he's going to be like big Hollywood, whatever. So when he joined my team, you know, I was thrilled because I love movies. And the first thing I wanted to do, though, is really leverage that passion that he has. Because, you know, one of the things that I've found is when people are willing to join you versus you're trying to drag them along, things just go so much better. So in his role, we really leveraged video and audio and, you know, creating uh, graphics and stuff like that. And along the way, I taught him a lot about, you know, online community and strategy. You know, I was absolutely stunned when he told me that he was leaving my team and uh, it was to go be his own online community manager because (laughs) that wasn't really something I saw for him. I really thought he'd go into a full-time production field. But, you know, like, I guess that's a long answer to your question, because to me, it's more about when I'm hiring on my team, it's who do I vibe with? You know, I have a very specific kind of like mantra when it comes to community and how to interact. So in the interview, I'm really just looking for, you know, at the end of the day, who do I want to grab a beer with? Because that's the kind of energy that I need in my community. You know, people need to match my energy. People want to engage with us. I kind of have blinders on in that regard. That being said, the community field is so great right now. It's a growing field. You know, back when I hired this guy, I told him, you know, you're about to embark on the best paid internship you've ever had. And that's kind of how I felt, even though it was not an internship role. I was just like, you're going to get to learn so much because in the community, you get to learn about marketing, you get to learn about sales, you get to learn about, you know, internal communications, you get to see it all. It's, you know, like I said, it's a heavily politicized field. So when I hire, you know, I've got to work with somebody who's willing to take all of those experiences eagerly and want them and be thirsty for them. You know, so that's what I always look for when I'm hiring. And so specifically, what like skills or experiences are you looking for in a resume? So this last example that you gave, like, what was it about this person's resume that you were like, okay, this is the skill or this is going to be the experience that's going to help you be the best online community manager? Yeah. So what went a long way in his application is he spoon fed me why he thought he'd be great for this role. And he did it in his cover letter. And that's so important because like in this last position that I was hiring, you know, I got a lot of um, applicants who had been in marketing or, you know, done some other jobs with like a hand in event coordination or something similar. But just looking at their resume, I can't really get a sense for is online community right for them. You know, they really need to spell it out, you know, through like, you know, like in his cover letter, he talked about how much he loves communities and, you know, da, 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 da. And so I was like, okay, cool. This guy is thirsty for this kind of an environment. And that made me, you know, equally eager to want to work with them. I think you're right, because especially when we're I mean, I feel like we don't want to cut ourselves off to people who don't have experience. Right. There's this age old tale. How do you get a job without experience? How do you get experience without a job? So you want to open up to people who might not have worked in the community industry before. But like you said, you know, you're looking for these things that 
show you, even though they haven't done this before, they can, or like you said, they're thirsty to learn. Absolutely. Because I was talking to a community manager not too long ago, and we were talking about the debate of um, like kind of the differences between social media and online community, what makes them similar and what makes them different. And then kind of how like there's maybe somewhat of a secret jealousy between the two different platforms, because we're doing very different things. We're working with different people, but um, you know, social media can be much better funded in certain circumstances. So we were talking about that. You know, and to me, it was kind of like a funny thing because whenever a recruiter reaches out to me and they're like, hey, we're hiring a social media strategist, there's a part of me that almost gets insulted because I'm like, that's not what I do. It's a very different skill set from online community management, you know, because it has that support aspect. It has a different level of building webbing between your different points of contacts, customers, partners, employees. So, you know, when I'm hiring, I want to look for somebody who understands kind of like the difference in this, what makes an online community so special, especially, you know, in the middle of quarantine where everybody's looking for digital channels as a way to stay in touch. You know, now's a great time to really have a killer resume about how you stayed in touch with your friends during quarantine. Um, you know, how you leveraged, you know, social media or whatever creatively to, you know, not lose track with those people who are important to you. Like if I ever got a cover letter that went into something like that, I'd be floored. Totally. You heard it here first, people. If you're looking for a role, that's the kind of cover letter we want to see. <laughs> the cover letter is kind of a dead art. I was surprised. The last time we hired, I, I was stunned. I only received like out of the uh, nearly 100 applicants, we only received maybe like a, a dozen or so cover letters. So, you know, my thing is I, I always include one and I would encourage everybody else to do the same. I definitely agree. I think that my cover letter when I wrote it for my current role is probably what got me the role in the first place. How long was it? Just one page, but I like to make sure there's like some jokes and, you know, like letting them know that I'm kind of fun, but also we'll get work done and, you know, wear lots of hats. And I think your resume can help with that, but your cover letter is definitely what's going to seal the deal in a lot of those cases. Absolutely. One of the uh, best interviews questions I was ever asked was, what's something about you that your resume doesn't get across? And I think that's so important because, you know, the resume is such static information. Sometimes it can have personality. I've seen some really creative resumes, but but definitely put yourself out there if you're, you know, be flavor forward if you're thinking about being an online community manager. I love that. I have one question that I feel like is on everybody's mind, and that's about the chief community officer conversation. So, you know, we talk about the ideal state, the CCO, that's the end goal, but what does the kind of career growth look like within the community space? How do you kind of find the journey to CCO? Yeah. <laughs> In the interest of full transparency, I am not a CCO. I don't think that's really anywhere near being on the table. And, you know, like I've actually, I think for the first time ever on LinkedIn, I saw somebody who called themselves the chief community officer. And in my mind, it was, it was kind of an interesting thing because, I mean, it's a great thing. It shows that their community has so much value that they're, you know, just toppling it. They're, they're literally just, you know, staffing it up, which is great. You know, huge steps and bounds for them. From my position, I think the the next big goal is to really evaluate what a community manager is, period. I think a good next step between the two is like something like a site director, because the other thing that recruiters do a lot, they don't realize that some community managers may be a team of one. Some community managers may be a team of, you know, a few dozen. 
And it's really hard to, you know, convey that. So, you know, even something like a community team manager would be a really nice title to have more common in the marketplace. If you're a chief community officer, I'd really be curious to know what kind of a business you're looking at. I think something like that would make perfect sense for a company like Hit Record. It's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's online community, and um, it's kind of similar to the publication I was working for, but it's kind of a call for artists to collaborate in this online community, um, social media space. And like that, so a site like that, having an, a chief community officer makes a ton of sense because the community is exactly how they're generating revenue. Kind of like some one of my favorite websites right now is called Letterboxd, and it's just a an online community or social media platform for movie fanatics. You know, somebody like them having a chief community officer to me makes tons of sense. You know, a software company having a chief community officer, I think that would be a really tough thing for me to wrap my mind around because most communities are really reliant on what their department is. For instance, is your community aligned with education? Is it aligned with success? Is it aligned with marketing? It's. I think those ties for young communities are vital to your success because it kind of gives you an immediate connection of people to, you know, start prodding to get involved in the community as, you know, moderators or just to help out with a question that came in or like you're doing here, join your podcast or recording, whatever it may be. So yeah, I think a chief community officer is awesome. I, I don't know if it's honestly re- reasonable for every company, but but it's a really cool goal to think about. That's fair. I think that you're right. It depends on what the purpose of the community is. I feel like there's still some software companies, though, who could have like the CCO and then underneath that person, there's the product community and the acquisition community and the engagement community. So then there's just like all these teams underneath them. But then maybe they should just be even higher than like the CMO. I don't know. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. (laughs) Well, right. And, you know, and that's kind of it's like, well, once you have a chief community officer, like what are they doing that's so different and unique from your other departments? Right. Like, you know, like working in the corporate environments that I've helped with as a consultant or, you know, working my current role, like the community is so indebted to the initiatives that are going on through product and marketing. You know, like to me, I don't know. That's a tough one. Fair. Okay, Matt, we're almost out of time. So I just have one more question for you. It's a new one. We're going to try it out. If you could go for lunch with anyone in the community industry, who would you want to go with and meet? Yeah, I brought it up already, but um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is somebody that I'm immensely fascinated with. I think I've listened to every podcast that he's hopped on. It's amazing how smart he is and he's a talented guy. And I love it when celebrities, politicians, whatever you want to call them, when they get involved in local communities or online communities. I mean, that's what he did, you know, as as this side business, he started Hit Record. I think that's just a great way for these young artists who, you know, want attention and want acclaim to hop onto something. So if I could hang out with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I, I don't know, I, it might be scary how I'd never want to stop, <laughs> you know, being on. He, he just, <laughs> like, I, I think we'd have a lot of fun. Okay, Joseph, you have to come on the Community Corner podcast. <laughs> Do it, yeah. I'll, I'll listen for sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Matt. It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. Oh, thank you, Beth. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. <laughs>